All right. Well, welcome to Ryan Spelt's podcast. And uh, today's a little bit of a departure from my normal. Um, we normally talk to business owners, but we have a special guest with us with uh, our uh, local sheriff in Weber County, Ryan Arbon. And so um, I, I'm excited to kind of talk to him. One of the reasons I, I actually invited you on is because I've never really interacted with a sheriff before. I think my parents knew the sheriff in Henderson, uh, Clark County at one point, but I didn't, you know, as a kid, I didn't know who it was, but, um, from my experience, you're very proactive in being part of the business community. And so that's one of the reasons I said, you know what, let's, let's have the sheriff on. And, uh, and then you're also an elected official, correct? Yes. So we're going to talk marketing too, because you have to market when you campaign. And so um, that's the specialty of my channel, but we'll talk about that, um, a little bit as well. And, um, just kind of dive in. So. Why don't you uh, tell a little bit of background how how you how it came about becoming the sheriff and um, sure. you know maybe what you did before that and kind of led up to it. Yeah, the thanks Ryan for having me. Appreciate it. This is a, a great opportunity and and uh, benefit to everyone uh, that you appreciate what you do. Um, I love your magazines, by the way. We thanks. read them, and uh, uh, one thing that uh, my my wife and I have noticed about your magazines is the quality. I mean, those things look really good. They're not just thrown together. Yeah, so thanks. good job on that. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, a um, little bit about me. Uh, born and raised uh, pretty much in Weber County. Uh, I lived in Missouri for four years uh, back in uh, 98 to 2002. Uh, so I started, so back up a little bit. I, I entered law enforcement in about 97. Worked for the sheriff's office for a few months. And then uh, my brother lived in Missouri and he said, you got to come out here. It's cheap, you know, school's cheap. And, you know, just all the, he sold me on it. So I just got married. We moved out there and uh, went to school there, graduated while I was there going to four years. While I was there, I was a marshal for the state of Missouri. And uh, as soon as that ended, graduated, I moved back home uh, and, uh, Live in North Ogden right now. Been there for about 18, 19 years. Born and raised Pleasant View, North Ogden area. And uh, uh, went to work for Clearfield City as a police officer. And then uh, after about 13, 14 years, uh, I got a phone call from an individual that says, you need to be chief somewhere. And there's an opening up in Perry City. I'm like, I don't want to go to Perry City. It's a small town, you know, yeah. just opportunity because it's about opportunity right and and in service and, and many other things and i said no i don't want to do that uh, i plan on being in the clearfield great town the administration the leadership just awesome there and uh and so anyway uh it was calls kept coming just put in go up there i said so so i ended up doing it mm-hmm. and it was a good move uh, i was there and after uh, a couple of years i got a phone call saying hey, you need to run for sheriff. <laughs> I said, what? Because this wasn't on my career path. I just yeah. didn't, never even thought of it. And I said, why, 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 why do I need to run for sheriff? And they says, well, there, there's problems with, in the county. And I said, like what? And, and they were telling me, and I'm like, well, that's, a lot of agencies have issues. I mean, that, to me, it sounded like it was common and, and it wasn't a big deal. And they said, no, you just need to run. And and I've always loved the county. That's where I started. And, uh, and I just didn't think it. So I said, no, thank you. And, and Sheriff Thompson, who I only met a couple of times, I had a lot of respect for him. And I just said, you know, he's running a good ship and, and just I'm not going to run just for the sake of running. Right. And so then uh, Terry Thompson announced that he was going to be done. And, I, and then the, the calls uh, from some uh, commissioners at the time uh, some former, or they're now former mayors, but some mayors at the time within the, the city, or excuse me, the county of Weber, and they said, you need to run, and uh, it'd be really good, and, and I said, ah, oh, so I decided to do it, and so, you know, now I'm in my second term, just started the second term, and it's been a wild ride in, in all aspects, it's been very good. Uh, the highs are a lot higher, the lows are can get pretty low, and okay. you, you know you can't make everybody happy, and uh but it's been a great, a great opportunity, and we do, we're doing some really good things down there. 
but that's a little bit. So all in all, 26-ish years in law enforcement. So yeah, yeah it's been good. Yeah, that's cool. So I, I want to talk business, but I, I want to dig in on the on the service part of, of uh, your career because in my life, you know, my adult life, I've known several law enforcement officers from different agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, good friend of mine in Las Vegas was uh, a police officer and became a detective. And then um, we have a brother-in-law that worked for a long time in the Forest Service. Um, and I've had several other local friends, you know, that work for different departments or whatever. And one thing that I've noticed that happens to some officers is they become almost, uh, I don't know if bitter is the right word or if it's, they pre-assume that everybody is doing something bad. Mm-hmm. And I know why, because they're faced with the worst of the worst on almost a daily basis. But how have you combated that in your own life? Because I'm sure you've seen the worst of the worst as well. Yes. But you seem to be, you seem to be very personable. I've never felt once that you walk into a room and assume somebody's doing something wrong, you know, and how have you done that? What's that process been like for you? So early on, um, I was counseled about, you know, taking this profession and things are going to happen. And also early on, and sometimes I, uh, I always, I often remembered it. Sometimes I'd forget it, but there was a term that was used. You got to have a balance. And even though balance is struggle in life, because it seems like nobody ever gets a balance, it's more of a harmony. Right. right? It's the way I see it. Harmony, because you're just rhythms and flows. And and the suggestion was to, to at the time, was to find a balance and, and, and not be consumed uh, in the law enforcement field, because you can't. You, I mean, you know, you, you arrest people that are, that are just great people in the community that made a mistake. And then all of a sudden, you know, in your investigation, you're Everybody lies. You know, you start saying things like that, and then you start believing it. And, and the best uh, advice, again, is back to uh, get a balance. And, and so for me, it was uh, go to church and be active, right? Know that balance because there's good there. And, and, but, you know, understanding that not everybody's perfect that goes to church, but it's, right. we're all trying to do better. And so if you, if you focus on cop work and that's, that's your minutia, that's what you're just round and round, yeah, you can get like you were explaining. But if you have a balance where you're seeing the good. The other uh, suggestion, too, is service, right? What does service mean? And people, you know, certain, you know, helping your neighbor is a common one. Or if there's a project, a neighbor's getting a roof done. If you just involve yourself in lifting and inspiring and helping others, you find that there is still good in people coming from that law enforcement perspective. And so for me, I've always tried to um, find that balance or, or maintain it, right? Yeah, it's rough and hard, but on, on that end with law enforcement, but on the other side, I got to do things that involve compassion and good, right? The, the, the greater good. And uh, you, you, you earlier mentioned something about business, Um that's part of that balance for me. And the reason why I, I support business, I'm a member of the Chamber of Commerce and the Spikers. Uh, I joined the group that we're in is the, the Northview Alliance. That's an uh, association that's uh, headed by Christy Pack, awesome person. She's mm-hmm. doing a great job. And, you know, we, we need to work hard to get some more members because there's some good things coming. And it's and the reason I support businesses, when you look at law enforcement, if you're a patrol guy, you kind of just see that 10-foot level of things. But if you look at life in general, I see the value. you got to have good business because good business, you know, you have good income, you support things that are going around in your community, right? Good business. Uh, and, and, and the other part of that, too, is sports. So I deal with budgets, right? And so when we go to budget, I need the money that I need to operate but I also recognize the parks and rec and like where I go, the golden spike and all these, they need money too, because that's part of that balance. You've got to have that for a thriving, successful community, mm-hmm. right? It shouldn't be all money should be all here or there, but you've got to have these things. That's what makes, helps improve life as a whole. 
That's why I'm such a big supporter of business because I also love small business. I've owned several small businesses myself. I've had some really good ones and I've had some better ones, (laughs) but it's tough. And I really respect the small business. I got to say this. When, when you're in charge of yourself and your own finances and you have to make sure that you're successful, you see people have a tendency to really understand the value of a dollar and they make that dollar expand and they make it go as far as it can rather than just throw it away. And there's a, there's a lesson in owning your own business that I think a lot of people miss out on. And there's, there's, there's a lot of disappointments, but there's a lot of rewards too. Yeah. And and I do I do believe that the the small business is the backbone of truly our American economy and yeah. we got to support them. You know, it's interesting because my business is working directly with small businesses advertisers. Yes. And so I probably see and know more than the average, you know, just because that's our clients. Um and we have clients as well on the reader side, you know, people reading the publication, but I find it interesting because there are, a, you know, there are a level of business owner that get to a pretty high level of success and they have fancy cars and fancy houses and things like that. But the majority of them will drive a crummy car so that they can invest in yes. marketing or they can invest in hiring another person. And they, it, there's two different types that I see. There's the, you know, the solopreneur that just wants to do something on their own and they really are kind of like me, they feel like they're unemployable. <laughs> you know, sure. they're like I've got too many, uh, you know, too much of my own ideas that I, I don't want to necessarily do someone else's. But then there, there's the other ones who are builders and they want to bring people around them and they want to go and accomplish a common goal. And like you mentioned, Christy Pack, like, wow, she's a builder. Oh, she is. She's amazing. Yes. She's put together a great organization, great company. And I just had her on the podcast last week. So it's oh, kind of cool. fun. And just to hear her say and echo some of the things I felt as a small business owner, you know, when you're just like, why is it so hard sometimes, you know, why can't it just work? And, and she was just, you know, repeating some of those same things and yet has accomplished great things. And so I've seen a lot of that. So I, I agree with you. I think it's just a different breed and they, they often will sacrifice their own life, you know, their own pleasure. They do. Their own and they're, and life. they're, they're also, they understand, you know, I, I, I want to make sure I say this right without saying it wrong, but, you know, they, they understand life generally. And they also seem to be the ones that are most out serving and helping others, too. Yeah. There's just something there that's hard to explain, but you just see a, just awesome people. It's awesome that people. community. It's that yeah. It's actually, it makes me think of when we started Connection Publishing, the reason the word connection was used yes. is because I was employed and my company had me down south all the time. I did not feel part of Weaver County. Even though I lived here for like eight years, I didn't, this wasn't home. Right. I'm from Las Vegas originally and I just didn't feel it. And so our intention when we started the magazine was create connection for ourselves, really. I just wanted to know the people here. Other than people we went to church with, I didn't know. Right. And so, like, now that you say that, I'm thinking of all the business owners I know. They want that connection. They They do. They want community. They want to be part of it. That's that's cool. They're a little more vocal. They're a little more supportive. They want to be involved because they're trying to build something, right? A a community. And and, and you just just, kind of learn that. Maybe not consciously, but they just tend to go that way. And I just have a lot of respect for the entrepreneur and business owners. Yeah. 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 That's cool. I've noticed it because, you know, I, like I said, I don't have a lot of experience with sheriffs, but uh, having, you know, interacted with you, it's always been at business functions, you know, the Chamber of Commerce, Northview Alliance, yep. um, the, you know, several different things over the years. Your, your brother is my doctor. So, yeah, you know, this small town still. Yes. <laughs> so we still have that little you know, interconnection. So that's great. But, and I think our kids went to school together probably. So yeah, I've got a few, yeah. You are bonds that I don't know (laughs) if they're yours, your brothers or someone else's, but, uh, but that's pretty cool. So, um, well, talk to me about, uh, some of the challenges you're facing, what's going on with, um, with being sheriff and yeah, the challenges uh, obviously are always crime, uh, crime prevention uh, nationwide, uh, locally, and and so forth. Is is we're, we're, a lot of people are struggling with 
with uh, staffing levels. Uh, we're seeing higher turnover rates. Uh, some, a lot of our uh, deputies and, and staff are, you know, something, this is a lot of this is my opinion. A lot of this is what I'm sharing is what I've read, just kind of mixed together. But, you know, there's, there seems to be this attitude of something's always better. Right, you see less loyalty or ride for the brand type mentality, right. and uh, a lot of a lot of them are offended or they don't like it, and they think, well, if I go over to this agency, it'll be better, mm -hmm. and you know that's just what we deal with. The also that we see a, a, a not a really good trend is is those coming into law enforcement, and so when you don't have a lot to choose from or a lot of applicants, you start becoming creative on how we can, you know, bolster our ranks and get more staff. And then, uh, you know, right now we're still in a wage war. Uh, law enforcement, in my opinion, has, has been underpaid for a long time. Uh, now we're starting to be viewed more as a professional level than, than just, you know, uh, crime prevention, just out doing your job and writing tickets. There's a lot that's expected. Uh, for example, the training uh, requirement, it was just do 40 hours a year of training and then you keep your certification. But today with the demands in society, you know, uh, back in uh, the early 2000s, we had the opioid epidemic. That wasn't a, an issue before that, uh, too bad. I mean, I mean, there's some out there, but not like it is now. And now in the 2010s, we're starting to see this mental health crisis and that opens up a whole, there's a lot of people that don't believe it really exists and it's made up. And then you got others that know that it's true. Regardless, we have to deal with that. And so this training of 40 hours of learning how to you know, use your firearm and, and, and defensive taxes, you know, that stuff's still valuable. But now we're be trained trained to identify symptoms and behaviors, and you know our deputies and and, and a lot of the law enforcement, uh, the the local police agencies, the demand to have, to have better trained is increasing, and which is all good. But what that does also is it takes it's less time on the street as well. So 40 hours, you know, you can get your training done in a week, but now uh, we're seeing uh, in my office 80, 100, 120. Uh, some up to 400 hours a wow. year for training. You know, like if you're a canine or something sure. like that, you, it's a lot of training. And so there's a lot of demand, yeah. right? Uh, when there's a problem, every, uh, go to the police first, right? And so- It's 10 weeks. Yeah. 400 hours. It's a lot, yes. Uh, for That's some huge. of our deputies, it's, it is huge. And then, and then you know, we, we have to know every little intricate of how to deal with this kind of emotion or this kind of behavior. And it's hard, it's difficult. And then you deal with the criminal aspect. There's a lot of uh, burden that's on uh, law enforcement these days. Yeah. It's high expectations too. And so when you get wrapped up into that, sometimes you feel like, I can't do it. Yeah. Right? And if we had more staffing, we could lighten the load. But there's just not a lot of people that want to come into the profession. You know, you can say, well, this agency is better than that agency. But then on the other hand, the same people there say, well, our agency is better than your agency. Right. right? It's just... There's just a lot of challenges. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, uh, I know uh, where I live in North Ogden, uh, Chief Quinney runs a, a great uh, agency in, in, in Ogden City and all the, we have great chiefs, we have great leaders and they're doing everything they can to find the best. And a lot of people think, well, why can't you just hire people? Well, sometimes the candidates are not the best right. and, and that's okay, but we're not gonna just take anybody to fill a spot. Yeah. You know, we uh, there's an expectation of the public to find the best. And we go through our process and we do find the best that we, we can get. And, and there's, there, there, there's a lot out there. And then, you know, sometimes our guys make a mistake, you know, and, and then the one person that makes a mistake tends to make everybody look bad, which is not fair, right. not fair at all. But uh, so, we got some great staff. There's a lot, just, just, for, you, just for you, Ryan, and, and the listeners to know, uh, Weber County, totally, we have some excellent law enforcement throughout every agency, and they need our support uh, from the community. You know, we talk about small businesses in this community, like your magazine, The Connection. Uh, to make a successful law enforcement agency is you got to have a great partnership with the public, the residents. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I would encourage anyone to make sure they recognize that. Yeah. But yeah, thank you. How many are in your organization? So if we were 
fully staffed. We're close to, I think, 380, 400. That includes uh, our correctional facility support staff and the enforcement divisions. And then uh, also the animal shelter is under my umbrella, which I still don't understand why it is, <laughs> but it just is. It is yeah. we, we, we love the folks down there. They, you know, they're, they have their challenges too, but uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty good size agency. Yeah. Most of it, about three quarters of our uh, staffing is the correctional facility. You know, if uh, all of our beds were fully used, you know, we'd have close to 11, 1100, 1200 inmates. It's just, it's a large operation. Yeah. So. so I think one of the challenges that I know you've had to deal with that has to have been pretty challenging is the anti-police sentiment that has come about partially because of, you know, social media, but also partially because of the bad actors in the, in yes. the field, right, that don't uh, act properly. It's always, when I see some of the videos, I always think, you know, there's a lot of fear in those situations, you know, fear on both sides fear from the citizen who may or may not be guilty of a crime, right? It's all it's always in the heat of the moment, but also the police, I feel like they're like, what's happening? Like, who's the threat here? Because there is a threat. And how, like, I think that has to have some impact on hiring. I mean, there's a shortage of employees in Utah, at least. I don't know if it's still that way nationwide, but after COVID, like, there's not a lot of applicants, you know, you there's not 40, 50 applicants for one job. Now you get two or three. It's true. So, but I think that anti-police sentiment or that like fear of being, uh, you know, making a mistake very publicly in a kind of the kind of role you have. And I imagine people shy away from that a little bit. They're like, well, I don't know if I can be part of that. You know, I don't, I don't want to be the guy on YouTube that everybody's, you know, after and mad at because they did something wrong or even worse, you know, injured or killed somebody while on the uh, line of duty, which is extremely, uh, it's a big uh, role responsibility to have a firearm with you at all times and to be yes. someone who's meant to protect. So I imagine that's been a big part of the recruiting. Shortage. It has. What, one of the greatest things that's uh, happened to law enforcement is the body camera, right? Yeah. And and one of the one of the worst things that's happened to law enforcement is the body camera. Yeah. And and not just that, but but then the cell phones that have cameras and video. And so you know you see uh, sporadic uh, officers that are out in the public and they're doing their job. They know what they've been trained. They know what they do. But they're also sometimes they can be worried about who's watching and how many cameras are up. Because as you see it today, there's a lot of things that go on, and then uh, the camera captures one view. The camera can't smell, can't touch. Right. It doesn't know that's all that's going on, but it gives a perception of something going on that's often, most times, not what's really going on. Right. But then, you know, a lot of people don't want to be under that microscope of the public criticizing, judging, how dare the, you know, all this. Right. And as you see uh, in any of these incidents across the United States, when the investigation is completed, most of them uh, are in support. The officer made the right decision. But the, but then also you get that fear where you don't react right. or you don't do what you're training because you're so paranoid or nervous. And, you know, we, we, we train our guys to, uh, our staff to try and overcome that. Right. But it's hard. But, uh, yeah, we, uh, we see a lot of people that say, yeah, I'd love to do law enforcement, but I don't want to get blamed for something I didn't do. And then the public's after me, then the public, you know, then I'm, my kids are treated different at school. And so there's a lot of co real concern out there. And I think that lends to the reason why there's not that many people like it used to coming into our profession. Right. I think there'll be a, uh, you know, a reverse of that trend eventually, because what I notice is generationally, sometimes we go through a period where we're like, Oh, that's bad. But then sometimes it, a silent awareness happens. Yes. And I feel like some of those videos are creating a silent awareness where people may not have realized before how challenging it is to be a police officer, but it'll inspire in others to say, that's for me. I need to be challenged. I need something that's difficult, but that is important, that makes an impact in the world. And I'm willing to step up to that plate. So I feel like you'll have a resurgence here. Yeah, we, we believe that uh, as well. And I've been to some conferences and training and we're, we're hearing a lot of 
this is a cycle we're in. And a lot of them will say this is what happened in the 60s. Yeah. And this is what happened. I think one reference was the 20s or 30s. And I can't ver verify that, but that's what I heard in a conference. And there's cycles. And, and we're hoping to get through that cycle. But the bottom line is, is we need tough people in our profession. We don't want mean people. We want tough. We want people that want to make a difference. Because in our profession, it is, it's hard, it's difficult, it's challenging, but there's a lot of opportunity that they can make a difference in someone's lives. Those are the type of people that we would love to come. Doesn't matter if you're male or female or, or, or whatever that is, uh, what culture or race you're with, we will take anybody that that's, if that's what they want to do and if they want to feel like they can make a difference, they can make a difference. And this profession provides a lot of opportunity. Yeah, that's cool. So um, talk to me about marketing. You obviously didn't plan to be become an elected official that kind of was thrust in your lap, but you did it. And um, you've now been elected twice, which yes. I think is challenging. I do not envy anybody that <laughs> is in office and I don't ever plan to be in any kind of office because I just, sure. I do not like the campaigning approach, but it's core, it is marketing. Sure. So maybe talk about how you developed your messaging and what process you went through to, uh, for your election. You're very, I, I will say, um, if somebody's not from around here, you're popular as a sheriff. Nobody's going to let, no, nobody's going to have a hundred percent approval, but you know, you are popular in the area. People know you, you are very visible, um, in the community. And I think that helps a lot, but, um, you know, I, I'm sure you have your critics and <laughs> we won't air those out on on the podcast, but I think you've done a good job, which helps in re-election. But sure. the first time you're an unproved entity, other than you have law enforcement experience, but so does every other candidate. So t talk about that um, process. Yeah, uh, like you, I never thought I'd be in politics. And, and, and I've told this story multiple times. Candidly, I never really cared for politicians, yeah. you know, because you see it on the, the, the national stage. Yeah. And then you think, well, that's not local, you know, but, but sometimes you see those things local and it's a little discouraging. But when I was asked, it was, this is going to sound maybe a little odd to your listeners, but when I was deciding if I should do this or not, I, I counseled with a lot of good friends in law enforcement. I counseled with family. I, I, I spent a lot of time fasting and praying if this is the right thing to do. And, 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 and then at one point, I felt like this was some sort of a calling. And, and for those that may not understand what that means, it's just I felt like someone needed to step up. And it doesn't mean that any other candidate was not good or anything like that. But personally, it's like, you need to do this. And so my attitude was, okay, I'm going to run, but I'm running because I feel like I should be running to maybe be a choice. Or, but I never thought I would win. I just, okay, I need to do this, right? For whatever, I'm gonna learn something from it. And then when you, when you talk about marketing, um, I knew nobody, I knew, and who do I go to? Yeah. So these individuals that called me and were asking me to run, they said, okay, this is who you need to contact. This is what you need to do. And so I called these people and they're giving me advice. Oh, you gotta get out flyers, you gotta do this. And I'm like, okay, I get all that. And then uh, my other brother, uh, Jason, uh, he gave me some really good advice. And it was very simple. Be organized. I thought, okay, I can organize. Because if I had to do everything that everyone told me to do, couldn't do I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. So you got you to find the right people. Yeah. And, and uh, at the time, um, I had a friend said, you need to call Phil Swanson. Phil Swanson's very smart. He knows what he's doing. And, and Phil was a great help to me and showed me the ropes. And there was a lot of other people like uh, Phil Swanson. Blake Severing uh, was a great help to me yeah. and uh, said, you know, this is what you should do. This is don't worry about this. And you started seeing people like that just come out of the woodwork helping me. Uh, another one that started very early on was Carrie uh, uh, Gibson and uh, some of these others that were just willing to help. And so I'm trying to take, but I had to organize because I couldn't do all that. So I had someone in charge of this and someone in charge of that. And, and what I, I told everybody, I says, look, 
if we're going to do this, we need to go down a path of, of integrity. I know you're going to have, you know, you get in this, these pulls where someone's like, well, that person's not good or they're bad. Don't vote for them. And I instructed all the people that were on my team. That's not our path. And I know there'll be some distant people that will get involved and support Arvin and don't support this guy. I can't control all that. That's just right. politics. Right. But the, the message is to stay positive and, and go forward. And so that's what we did, right? And uh, and, and finally, uh, or not finally, but uh, one thing too that, I don't know, it's, it's, to me it's marketing, but it has a lot to do with politics. But uh, I had an option to go the Republican route of doing a convention and through the delegate process, and then there was the one collecting signatures. So in my state of mind at the time, it's like, well, I got two paths on, you know, what's the, what's the, what's the right way to win? So, you, you know, it's like tools. We want all the tools in the world in case we need them. So right. I chose uh, both paths and I quickly found out that how much the, the Republican Party locally does not like the signature gathering path. And it was tough because these are the people that are the, the party I'm with, but uh, some of the members were just very critical and don't do that. And there's all these reasons that are bad. Right. I'm thinking, ah, I just didn't understand it. Yeah. But where I was successful on the signature gathering, I had, I had to gather something like 1,800 signatures mm -hmm. uh, was the goal. And I got 55 friends and family. So if you look at organization and you look at how to get the vote out, right? Yeah. And so they were campaigning for me, yeah. right? And they were collecting signatures for me. Yeah. And I didn't pay them a dime. They all wanted to help. And so I felt a lot of the success was contributed to that method. When we're talking about marketing, right? Not to get into the political part of if it's right or wrong. I just, that was an experience I had. Sure. But as far as marketing, so they'd go out there and they'd go to their friends and neighbors. And these are the ones that could say, do you know this guy? And they all knew me. Right. Well, he's this and he does done that. And we know his family. So I didn't have to coach him what to say. Right. Because they knew me and they wanted to help. Yeah. And, and, and we collected a lot of signatures. And so in, in a way of marketing, I didn't pay them anything, but it was free marketing. They call that guerrilla marketing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's the term, guerrilla marketing. Yeah, that's great. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a true success story when it comes to, you know, how did you do it? Yeah. I mean, we did a lot of other things. You know, we did the signs. We've done some, uh, you know, you know. I, uh, what's a, a huge asset who I just think the world of uh, Lindy Best. Yeah. She had a magazine at the time, yeah. which was very helpful. And she was very supportive. And I just think, you know, as far as partners and team, I just think the world of her. I don't think that magazine's out anymore that she does. No. But uh, someone said, hey, put your stuff in there. Uh, you're, 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 and they did kind of an interview type style. Yeah. And uh, I had some friends that worked there, and Lindy was just awesome. I think she's a wonderful individual, and she runs a great business. But, you know, these people wanted to, yeah. right? It's not like, I mean, I had to pay for that. Sure. But they had some creative ideas, and we just saw stuff unfold. And when you talk about marketing, it was a marketing of, I don't know, in your language, but I didn't have to pay for everything. Yeah. I had people that wanted to support me because they believed in me, which yeah. helped a lot. It does. Yeah. Kind of your evangelists, you know. You yeah. Know, word of mouth is a powerful tool in any business. You know, people talking about you and saying they do a really good job. You should work with them. Right? Yeah. And you have to nowadays the um, you know the internet plays such a massive role in a business's success or failure. And it's true. Google seems to change their rules for what qualifies and what looks good on their stuff about every week. But it one of the more modern changes that they made was that they want to see. Steady, consistent, and new reviews for a business to do well on SEO rankings. Right? You can't, you know, you can't get two hundred reviews and just let it sit there. You actually have to consistently right. add to that. It doesn't have to be a hundred at a time. You can do one or two a month, a week, whatever. But as long as they're consistently being added and they're new, old reviews don't have as much weight anymore. People want to see what's what's happening right now. So that's. That's that word of mouth tool that businesses have to tap into and say, okay. And I think that's what, you know, obviously 
campaigning is much different than running a business in some ways, but it's also very similar. Very others. similar. Yeah, you've got to organize. You've got to put together a team. You've got to get them you instructions do. on what to do, create systems for what's going to happen. But I think your re-election is more like, what do your reviews look like? You know, It's true. And, and, and that's the thing, you know, when you blend this marketing, you talk about the media and, and all these things, but in the reviews, I, I love that analogy, by the way, Ryan. But when, when, when I first ran, I recorded everything that the paper said about me and made and recorded all the promises that I made. I was very careful not to over promise. Yeah. See, a lot of people get caught up and, you know, we're going to, we're going to drop taxes and reduce all this and, and we're going to change this. And it's just like, man, that's tough for one person to do that. Yeah. But I made sure that the promises I made, uh, I could do it. And so when I hired uh, or appointed my chiefs, I said, look, this is what I promised the public. Other than, you know, we have a vision, we have our, our, our mission statement and all that. That's all good. But this is what I told the public I'm going to do. And this is what we're going to do. And I made it very clear. And they're like, yes, sir. This is what. So, so we, we did that. And then when I ran the second time, I could show those numbers and say, I promise this. This is what I did. And so, because there's a lot of people that say stuff. Right. And so when you market yourself, you know, marketing is like, hey, I look good and this is what I'm going to do. But the second, like you said, the follow-up, the review, I had to prove it. Yeah. And and we did. And we had some great stuff we put together and we showed the, the public, this is, hey, I honored what I said. And there is, there is a unique blend with marketing. One of the lessons I learned in, in marketing, and it, it could be just me, but there's such a reliance on Facebook. Yeah. But we learned that Facebook was not really that big for me because we had a, a group that looked into it. And we found out that good old print yeah. is extremely valuable. Yeah. And, and people dismiss it because I think a lot of them think, well, you got to pay for it. But, but here on Facebook, I get reactions. But, you know, uh, sometimes I put stuff on there and I get people that, that just say the the, the the oddest things, you know, and I'm <laughs> yeah. careful to say. Inflammatory. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, I get it, but do you know the why? Do you, and they don't do their research, and yeah. they don't they don't look into things, and and, and that and that's just the way it is. But Facebook Facebook is some sort of a, a way to measure. But even the newspaper, which I think has kind of gone away from a lot of stuff, still holds a lot of value. Yeah. And I think when you really get into marketing. Or a business or a campaign or anything, uh, it's not just Facebook. It's not just online because you'd be surprised how many people do, are, are online or on Facebook, but they're not watching everybody else. They have their own little thing going on, and you got to hit it multiple levels. It's true. The thing I like about what you do and your connection, it comes to your door yeah. and it comes to your house, and they have to touch it, yeah. right? And, and it's in their hand, right? And your covers always look good because your covers, it's like, you know, you know, when it comes to marketing uh, and, and stuff we do at the gel in, in the right moment, in the right time, I'll tell my staff, I said, look, if you put a word there, the, the, the very the word that you put down there should might make you want to read the next word. That's true. Right? You yeah. got to keep it going. Yeah. You know, and, and then people have arguments about bullet points versus writing paragraphs and all this. And, and so what I'm getting at is like when your magazine comes in, you look at it. First thing we think of, I want to read this because yeah. the cover represents there's good stuff inside. Yeah. And that's why I think that your your uh, Connection magazine is uh, very successful and we like to read it. I think it, I think you should distribute more throughout the world. By the way, you need to work other economy, but it's a good magazine. But yeah. my, my point is on this whole marketing thing. It's not just Facebook. It's yeah. not just Valpac. Right. It's not just this. It's so many different levels, and it, you have to be successful. You've got to look at all the options. It's interesting. You're teaching one of the principles that I teach all the time is in the in the industry they have a word for it called omnichannel. Mm -hmm. I hate that word. I hate words that you have to think about what they mean. So I always say you have to market in layers because when you look at the influence that Facebook has, there's no doubt about it. It's influential, right? But in, in reality, it's a sliver of the population, right? If you have the whole pie, it's a piece of yeah, the it pie. Is. And to get to where you have a bigger knowledge, and unfortunately, that means it's expensive to market because... If you're going to do layers, like I own a business with my son uh, called RoofMax, where we have magazine ads. 
um, we have Facebook ads, we have Google ads, we have uh, some TV and YouTube type yes. ads, right? We have to have all of those layers in order to get the word out and reach you do. an amount of people that makes that business viable. And it's expensive. And so sometimes a small business owner is like, well, I'll just try this and they'll try something for a month. And I'm like, you just didn't put enough time into it. You didn't put enough layers onto it. It just has to have more than that to get to an amount of people to get them to respond. It's true. Well, you know, and and, and a little bit too on marketing, a lot of times when when someone gets into something new or they want to start a business, they kind of of look what's available now. But back in the day when I was young, the only real true way of marketing was either a billboard or the newspaper. Yeah. And, and if you had enough money, you put it on TV, TV or, yeah. or a mailer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's basically... A, radio. Yeah. Those are it. Five things, right? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And then now, there, there's, there's hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, but I mean, yeah, you got the, the social media, but even within the apps, right? right? You know, I'm learning about... I even It seems like every six months, I learn of a new app of way of promoting, communicating. Yep. And so when you break all those out, there's, there's so many. So, so many. It's interesting because Christy, I told her, was just on the podcast. Yeah. She talked to Lindy Best, too, which she's awesome. You know, she's an incredible oh, yes. business success oh, in yes. our community. And she, uh, Lindy was like, you've got to market. And Christy knew innately she had to market. And a lot of business owners go in and they're like, I need to know how to make my widget or do my service. But they don't think about marketing. It's true. And it's part of why I started doing these. I wrote my little workbook to help people learn. And I was like, man, businesses don't realize how valuable this is. And they think I'm just trying to sell them marketing, which that's my business. But I've never taken that approach. I've always said, I want you to succeed. Go market with someone else if you want to. I'll teach you how to do it. Well, it's true because there's a lot of small businesses and people that provide a great service or a fantastic product. And in in their circles... Those people know that. Yeah. And, and a lot of times you think, well, how come more people don't know that? Everybody knows. They know. How, and maybe they're kind of thinking those people will tell other people and so on and yeah. so forth. And they don't always do that. Right. That's why you have to market. That's true. You've got to market. That is just a core part of business. You've got to. And even in your position and in city's positions, because I'm in the unique position of I'm an official city magazine. So like I'm a contractor with North Ogden City, the city we both live in. Um, I'm also a contractor with Roy City and with Weber County. Yes. And those contracts, I mean, make me in a little bit of a different position. But the cities that I work with in the county understood innately, we have to communicate and if you think back when the newspaper was ubiquitous, everybody got the paper, right? You could put a message in the paper and reach a large portion of the population. Because everybody had it. Everybody had it. Most people anyway. Not that way anymore. No, it's not. So cities and counties have had to take communication into their own hands. And they've had to say, okay, we got to have something like a connection magazine. Or we need to do a newsletter. We need to do our, you know, obviously websites are a big part of that. But like you said, a website's hard because... You can have all the information on the world in the website and nobody goes and sees it. Right. You got to be creative on how, t- like right now, uh, most people know I'm in a campaign for uh, to to uh, add on to our sheriff's complex, right? Yeah. And, and I have to get the message out. But if I, and we've, we've created a landing page for our information, but interesting enough, there's a lot of people that don't go to websites anymore like they used to because... This is my thinking. I may be wrong on this, Ryan, but you got to get people to go there. Yeah. Because no one's going to go hit every single website. Sometimes they wait for something to say, "Oh, there's information. I got to go there." Yeah. Yes, it's like a like a feed of some sort that gets someone's attention, and so we're creating QR code and we're doing all sorts of stuff so people need that information on our general obligation, but they can go there and get it. Yeah. But you have to. Yeah. And that it's. TikTok, I don't use that. My kids are all over that. Yeah. But all these things, you know, we got to put something in there so people, oh, that's important. Yeah. Click here, go there. Right. You got to do that. It is all very important and valuable. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's cool. So tell us about the bond. What's what's going on there? Oh boy, uh, this is a big deal. Uh, it's 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 a general obligation bond. It's it it is a, an increase of cost to the residents, the homeowner. But it's, it's not a tax where we just up your taxes and then it's forever. It's once it's paid off, it goes away. But uh, 
we, 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 this has taken us three and a half years to do this, to get it right. We're not just adding on to the jail. This is much more comprehensive. Um, we are renovating where the clerk's office and my office, the patrol, and we're transforming that into a medical and mental health facility to be a, a part of the jail. And then we're also, because we're being moved, we're moving out to, to propose a new facility out on 12th Street and Depot just by our office. And it's a four-story building where we'll, the administration and patrol and all that will move. But the, the, the bottom two floors of this building will be our new work release center. Kiesel facility, the jail that's downtown Ogden, that's our other jail. Mm -hmm. It's uh, designed, uh, it's just, it's not seismically sound. It's not PREA compliant. PREA is Prisoner Rape Elimination Act. It's, it's boxed up. It's a lot of corners, a lot of areas, and it's, it's staff intensive to operate. So it takes like five or six people to supervise 30 on those floors. But are the way the jails are built and created these days, designed, it takes two or three people to supervise up to 280. Uh, so we're going to save costs. I mean, yes, we're going to cost term. a bill long term. We're going to yeah. save. But and also we're not increasing uh, staff or employees to make this work because the staff from Kiesel facility will move over there. And so it's uh, staff neutral on that end. And then the other thing is, is we have some uh, federal partners that want to either they're considering purchasing the old jail and renovating it or they want to contract it. But whatever goes on at that old Kiesel facility, we're going to make sure that whoever is using it, like an outside source, whether we help them staff it or they staff it themselves, the cost is going to be on them, not the taxpayers here locally. And so it's much needed. And then the biggest component about the... Uh, this, this bond is, there's a lot of, uh, we call them allied agencies or partners uh, out there when it comes, comes to addiction recovery, prevention, Weber Human Services one, or the Lantern House, the homeless shelter, and all these other groups that are out there. And we wanna provide in this new building a space, it's a few thousand square feet, and we wanna give them an office space so they can collaborate Every time, so, so we know that 98% of all people that are arrested that go to jail end up coming back to the community. And there's, there's, a, there's a mindset out there that if you, if you commit a crime, you just need to be locked up. Throw away key, that's it, you're done. And then there's the other, on the other end, you got those that say, we got to do everything we can to help them be successful. So we're taking a position that we feel is right. When we got, we want to provide the proper medical and mental health care. But when that person that needs that or doesn't need that, when they come into our facility, this re-entry team, which, which is, includes all of these groups, if we can get them to be, have them learn or be educated or some kind of counseling training or, you know, when they come in the jail, not after they're released. And if we can provide that, yeah. we've, we've, we have traveled across the country looking at these programs. This is something new, something innovative in the way of we're going to try it. We've seen it successful in several other counties across the United States. And so, and the whole goal is to re reduce recidivism, right? Yeah. And you know that standard joke that I always tell in the group. You know, everyone, when we come to the Northview business, everyone says, well, I do marketing or I, I have own a business and I sell this. I always tell people, look, I don't want your business. <laughs> I don't want you in the back of our trucks. I don't want you in our jail. And it's just our way of saying, if we can help people be more successful and a productive citizen while they're in the facility, and a lot of times the judges order these things and require them to do it. But if we do it while they're incarcerated, there's a greater, excuse me, there's a greater success and chance of them not returning to the facility. And we've seen numbers drop drastically in a lot of these. And that's what we're trying to do with this bond. Oh, it's, it's, it's awesome. Well, they got the time, right? Yes. So that's, I think it's wisdom. Well, yeah, well it is. And, and, and the data that we saw, I mean, like I said, this took us three and a half years to sort through this, but the data shows that if you just put someone in jail and nothing is done, they're more likely to create another crime or, or in their mind, they're like, I shouldn't be in here. This is bad and wrong. And they get harder, if yeah. you will. But if you get that intervention or if you get that component in there, it says, hey, you know, you got a, a drug problem or you got this other problem. The judge ordered this. We're going to start it then. Yeah. And so this new work release facility where it's all being all together, it's 225 beds, it's minimum security. 
The costs are a lot less. Uh, to build a gel today, a hard facility, a prison, we're $700 a square foot. This new facility that we're building is $450. It's minimum security, but it does so much. And, and it's all focused to, to, to help with recidivism because it's expensive. Earlier, I, I told you that our, our uh, corrections is the biggest part of our budget. It's about 75%. And our budget is $55 million a year. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah. But if we can reduce those costs, which our numbers are saying that we can, yeah. it's a less of a burden on the taxpayers. And it also improves public safety. Yeah. Number one priority here in all this, Ryan, is public safety. Yeah. That's great. So I would encourage everyone to please vote for the bond. But also at the same time, do your homework. Sure. Read about it and, and know this is the right thing. We believe it's right and we would love everyone's support on it. Where, where can people go to get read up on it, on the information? So our official campaign on this will not start probably until next week. So we will be doing, we'll be marketing <laughs> everything we can to give everybody that access. We've already got our landing page created. We just, so, so my role in the sheriff, I have a, I, our office, I should say, we have to provide information that's neutral and factual. Okay. I can't, uh, fluff it or market spin it. it, spin, spin yeah. it like, you know, there, there's a group that can do that, but that's on my end. I have to be, so we have to have all our information together that's going to be put out in the public, has to be reviewed because there are rules with the government. Yeah. And when our attorneys say, yep, this is good, we're going to post it, but we're going to do a big blitz on this to make sure everybody gets access and has available to read that information. Cool. So yeah, come out shortly. Okay. Keep your eyes peeled. So by the time yes. this comes out, it'll be, it'll be out. So uh, I hope so. It should be next week. We should okay. be ready to put. We'll be putting some stuff out for sure. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, in the meantime, because this will come out after you launch that, um, do do they just go to the Weber County Sheriff's uh, Office website? Will it be so there will, there? There will we're going to put out a QR code. We're going to put out there's. It'll be the Weber County Sheriff, and I don't know what the URL exactly, but it's going to be Weber Justice Center, okay. is what we're tagging this as. And then you're you're going to see it in all sorts. It might even be in your magazines. I don't yeah. I, I don't know what that group's doing, but it should be. Okay. And so we have teams working on that. I know it's going to be in a pamphlet sent out with the ballot for this election. Okay. So it'll be there's some information there. That's a little late, but we, we're going to start early with everything else. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, I uh, appreciate you coming in and uh, coming Thank you. to the studio. I love it. This is the Ryan Speltz podcast studio. Yeah. When you <laughs> approached me the other day, I felt bad. I was like, I didn't know. So, but I'm glad you do this. Yeah. It's a yeah. lot of fun. I just, part of, part of what makes me tick is I love teaching. You know, I love sure. learning and being able to do um, better. And I certainly don't know everything, but I, this is the thing I work on all the time. You work on, you know, prisoner recidivism and I work on marketing. You sure. Know? So it's just what we kind of spend and we got a good view of our yes. beautiful. Love Ben Loman. You can't see that right here, but um, on these cameras, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. So, well, that's uh, that's a wrap. And uh, thanks, for, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Definitely. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's it. All right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>